Hello. Thank you so much, Evan, for joining us for the Varying podcast series. I would like to introduce myself. I am Brandy. I am the Acting Director for Communications and Programs at the Samuel Dewitt Proctor Institute for Leadership, Equity, and Justice. So, Evan, I would like to get to know you a little bit more. So if you can take some time to tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, um, and why we invited you here. Oh, awesome. Um, I'm Evan. As you said before, I am a native of Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm a senior public policy major at Georgia State University. And I'm 22 years old. I predominantly do voting rights activism and uh, to expand voter access to students at Georgia State and throughout Georgia. And I do that predominantly through working on my campus. Um, so I guess I would like to know a little bit more about kind of what led you to getting into voting activism. What prompted you to advocate for increasing voter engagement on your campus? And were there any kind of factors and influences that may have impacted your journey with regard to voting activism? Oh, yeah. Um, so I definitely, um, so I started voting activism my sophomore year. So I started through a program called Vote Everywhere, which is a national nonpartisan, non-for-profit voter registration organization and cohort. The reason why I got into it was because I was elected my campus president for the Young Democrats of Georgia State University, and the advisor that was starting the Vote Everywhere chapter, he was my advisor as well for Young Democrats. So he basically was just like, hey, you know, since you're doing Young Democrats, why don't you do Vote Everywhere too? And then I actually ended up liking Vote Everywhere a lot better than the Young Democrats. So I ended up not seeking a second term as president of the Young Democrats solely to work on voter issues and vote everywhere. So how did you, so I know you talked about this a little bit, but how did you become involved? Like, how did you know that this was something that you definitely wanted to support and advocate for? And like, what continues to propel your work nowadays? Um, I would just say um, the fact that, so I voted for the first time in the 2016 primaries. So I voted for the first time there. And then since then, I've I've always been politically involved, but I never really had the knowledge of what the uh, landscape was. So just realizing that a lot of people don't vote. And then also, even worse, a lot of people who want to vote are constantly denied access to be able to. So that really propels me and that constantly propels me. And I also think that voting, it's, it's a part, it's an essential part of activism, especially um, since it's kind of the, the groundwork so you can build up. So that kind of what propels me. I see a lot of a lot of the issues that I experienced that I ended up fighting when I was with the Young Democrats. I realized that a lot of it was because we have systems that were in place by elected officials without the input of the populace. So I kind of see voting as a, as kind of like the soil in the garden of like change and activism that's necessary. Awesome. That is such a great metaphor, I think. The soil in the garden. Basically, the kind of nutrients that is required to become democratically engaged. So you talked about this a bit, but you're a student. Why do you think that it's important that students lead the charge? And why do you think it's important that students vote? Um, a, so millennials and Gen Z, I'm personally in Gen Z, we're the largest voting population. So we have the ability to dictate policy. And then also when it comes to the economy we're going into, most people engage in politics over economics. If you look at the economy we're going into, we have the most to lose if things go badly, right? Like, for example, I'm graduating college in May. You know, I'm starting to go into the job market and everything. You know, if we end up going into a recession or something or a major economic downfall, that will fall squarely on me because I still have to build my life. You know, I have to get a house. I have to pay off student loans. You know, 
So I think we should definitely be involved because a lot of the decisions that really dictate our entire lives are made by people who don't, who haven't experienced, right? Like, you know, most elected officials these days, granted not the new ones, they went to college when college was, what, a thousand to three thousand a semester. And they didn't really have student loans like that, or they had student loans that can easily pay off while we're going to school with 50,000, 60,000, leaving school with 50,000 to $60,000 in loans. And that's just one issue, right? When we're looking at things like wage equality or, you know, gentrification, which is really happening, especially in my hometown of Atlanta, you, you see these issues. And a lot of these are decided by elected officials. We should make sure that our input is taken, they should take consideration of our input and follow it. Awesome. Thank you. I think that is really important to really understand exactly how the issues will impact us in the future. And I think that that will propel other people to kind of get engaged in voting. So where would you say that you learned those things about how voting works and, you know, why it's important to vote? And how did you manage to make it such a critical part of your life? Um, definitely uh, a lot of trial and error. Um, I, and then also, I just kept a network of really amazing mentors. Like, for example, uh, his name is Dr. Michael Evans. He was the uh, professor who mentored me throughout my uh, starting my chapter of Vote Everywhere. And then just being involved in the community. And then also, I just have a lot of people, especially in Georgia, I could look up to, right? So, like, you know, Georgia State is in the district of uh, John Lewis, you know, so a huge voting rights activist. And then also it's in the same state as Stacey Abrams, right? So I have all these people. And then also um, Martin Luther King was from Atlanta. So it's just like we have all these people who who are here now and um, who are in the past who really helped build this framework that I could go off of and I can learn from. And then I can kind of, you know, do my own trial and error in a way. Yeah, I think that that's how we all learn, right? Like through trial and error. And it seems like you've you've got it, right? Like you've got the support, you've had the resources, and you've been able to do really well because of the, the support. If other students want to advocate for themselves with regards to voting engagement, how would you suggest that they approach increasing voting Oh, yeah. Um, I would say, first of all, build a network, right? I think you, you really need, because things are going to go wrong, right? So I work under the impression that things are definitely going to go wrong, and you need to have ways, and you need to have contingencies to fix them. So, and I think the best way to correct when things go wrong is to have a network and to kind of have, I don't like to use brand, but to have to have a track record of getting things done, right? So, because those two those two are in tandem and they support each other, right? So if you have a track record to get things done, you will have a network of people who are willing to work with you because they know your track record. And then that'll also expand your network, right? Um, so I would say definitely having a network, right? Every every event I've done, there has been something that has gone wrong. In fact, I was putting out a fire this morning, but because of the rapport I built with the people who are A, a lot older than me, and B, have more resources than me, I've been able to alleviate or come to some type of compromise in that way, shape, or form. And then also, I would also say, definitely, you're going to have to front load a lot of stuff, right? Just because it's either a lot of people don't care, or it's just not on their radar, or they just don't have time. So if you really want to, and that's with any type of activism, right? You have to be able to kind of be the only man standing, you know, and to be able to 
you know, do things by yourself for a while before anybody is able to like see the vision, right? Like for example, I got a lot more help when I was successful than when I was working through it. You know what I'm saying? But I had that belief that, you know, after a while, you know, I'll get my support, right? Like Vote Everywhere was, we started with three people, right? And now, you know, we're, we're leading a campus coalition for voter registration and we're leading, um, and now we're even moving past voter registration to do things like polling locations and, elect- and election security. So definitely always be prepared for something to go wrong because it probably is. And then, then have a network to support you and help you build. Yeah, I think those are really, really great pointers. And I also think that they're they're tangible, right? Like that anyone can start. So thank you for sharing that. So just to kind of like wrap things up, um, you shared a lot of really good things. If you can talk a little bit more about your relationship with the Andrew Goodman Foundation and kind of the work you've done with them. And I think you've talked about this with Vote Everywhere. But if you can explain a little more, that would be great. Awesome. Um, yes. Uh, so the Andrew Goodman Foundation, just the background, uh, they were started for the legacy of Andrew Goodman. He was a voting rights activist in the 60s who uh, basically worked to register people to vote during the Freedom Summer Movement, right? So, But sadly, he was um, murdered trying to register people to vote in Mississippi, along with James Cheney and Michael Schwerner. So the Andrew Goodman Foundation was founded in order to help spread what Andrew believed about voter registration and things like that. And then that, um, one of their programs is Vote Everywhere, which is where I was found, right? So the Andrew Goodman Foundation has been a massive support system throughout my entire college, you know? Um, They have yearly summits where I meet other voting rights activists who are all amazing and are great support systems. And and a lot of them I consider like friends, like every time I see them or like I'm in their city, I'm like, hey, let's hang out and stuff like that. So yeah, they've been a great organization, great guidance. They've they've given me extra institutional support that I've really needed Mm -hmm. to get a lot of the stuff, especially the the more major stuff off the ground. And yeah, so they're they're a great organization uh, that um, I've had the pleasure of working with now for, what's it been? three years yeah wow that is a lot of time but also very cool that you you've been able to be committed to to such a great organization with such a great mission and it's great that they are able to support you in any way that they can so like i said we're going to end out with the final question what do you think are some ways that students can become more civically engaged on their topic Ooh, i would say read more I think, especially both fiction and nonfiction, right? Like, for example, I've read books on democracy and things like that and how to fix the system, but I've also read, like, books by, like, my favorite author, James Baldwin, right? I think reading more will really help you to know, understand the systems you're working with, both literally and in many ways figuratively or um, in an abstract sense. So read more. Also, uh, don't be afraid to get coffee. You know, when you talk about business people or business people and just professionals in general you know there's always that like during networking they're like oh yeah we should totally get coffee and you know stuff like that probably about 90 percent of people don't do it which leaves a lot of people just to give out their cards just because like i've actually had people surprised when they've given me their card and i've actually like followed up with them they're like oh like they're, they're kind of they're taken aback by it right and then those have led to connections that you know a lot of my mentors came from them saying hey let's get coffee and now we've been getting coffee for years and years and they've helped me, you know, 
find resources. So yeah, don't be afraid to get coffee. Don't be afraid to request coffees, right? Because that, as I said before, that network is really, really going to help you. It, it sets the groundwork, right? Your network will really help you because when you're inevitably going to need that support, that's who you'll be able to call at first. And then, but it also, when you're building your network, build it with people that, you know, you actually want to be around and that you're actually like, have a real relationship with, not just people you're just there just to get the connection, right? Like a lot of the people I network with, I just want to learn about what they do. And then there, if there ever is a situation where I might need their help, it's more of just like a friendly ask. And it's not just like, oh, I just did this just so you could help me one day in advance. So yeah, just build a network of just like friends who are like really cool and helpful. And then I guess finally, you got to be very, be mentally healthy. I would say yes. Be, definitely be mentally healthy because as I said, things go wrong and that can be of huge effect on your mental health. I've, I personally have taken steps to do self-care and to deal with mental health and to deal, because it's stressful, right? Especially when you, especially when you get very invested, right? You get super invested and then when that inevitable thing goes wrong, you're just like, why is this happening? And the whole world's falling apart. But then, you know, getting mental health help and things like that really help you maintain and just be healthy, right? Because, you know, because what you're doing is important, but it's also important that you're you. You know what I'm saying? That you're not miserable doing it, right? It could be tiring, but you shouldn't be miserable. So I think those would be my tips. Those are great tips. I mean, like, just wonderful tips, not even just for those looking to do just civic engagement work, but those looking to do any kind of grassroots activism or organizing work. So thank you so much for sharing and thank you so much for being a guest on our podcast. I think that what you shared are, like I said, very tangible things that people can enact on their own campuses. And I think that you can be a model for many people, many students who seek new police voter engagement on their campuses or encourage their institutions to become more democratically engaged or to encourage their you know, institutional leaders to become more involved in politics. Because at the end of the day, it does affect everyone who's there. So thank you so much, Evan, for your time, but also for your wisdom and for everything you've shared. Of course. Anytime. Any last comments? Um, no. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you.